Alright guys, welcome back to another episode of Talking Flicks, and today we have an interesting episode, a kind of controversial episode, I'm sure I will get some comments back on this, whether people disagree with me or agree with me, I'm sure I'm going to get hate and positive comments from both sides, so we'll see how the episode goes. Now the reason it's going to be controversial is because I'm going to be going over a few reasons why a lot of people say that modern cinema sucks. Right, And we're going to touch on some different topics, maybe some controversial ones. I'm going to try my best to look at things from both sides. I'm going to try my best to be as bipartisan as possible. However, you know how it is nowadays. People will look to hate just because I talk about something where there are sides to choose. So what I'm going to be talking about in this episode is how a lot of people say modern Hollywood sucks. Now, I don't know if modern movies do actually suck or if we just romanticize the idea of classic cinema and the films from the 60s and 70s. I don't know. Are films better now than they were then or are they worse? I don't really know, but today I'm going to go over different reasons as what people say why modern movies suck. Now, one thing I will say is that if you were to ask yourself what your favorite movie of all time is, I seriously doubt it's going to be a film from the last 20 years. Now, that's not to say modern movies do suck, but it is food for thought, because when I thought of it, I was like, okay, if I was to list my top five movies of all time, I don't think any of them were made in this century. I think I would have Godfather Part 2, that's that's a 1970s film, Uh, then maybe I would have Goodfellas, that was made in the 80s. Like, the best films I think of just weren't made in this century. Now, I don't know. Uh, If you guys were to think of your favorite film, I seriously doubt it's going to be in the last 20 years. Maybe it is. I don't know. The only movie I would maybe accept within the last 20 years as maybe your favorite film would be like The Dark Knight or maybe, maybe I would let you choose something like Us or Get Out by Jordan Peele. I don't know. Maybe. I might accept those. But Without further ado, let's just get into what I'm going to be talking about and breaking down the reasons that are most commonly stated as to why Hollywood sucks. Now, the first reason I'm going to be talking about is that a lot of people say Hollywood has gone too woke. Now, it's hard to judge the validity of this statement because you kind of have to ask yourself, is this coming from a place of bigotry? You know, are they using the way of saying that it's too woke because they just don't want to hear from people of color or women about any sort of injustice they face? You know, maybe that's the reason they say Hollywood's gone too woke just because they're kind of masking their own bigotry behind that. Or are they really saying it's gone too woke and that it's actually harming the storytelling of the modern day? Are they saying that making movies too political are actually ruining cinema? Are they actually you know, saying this for a good reason, or are they saying it to hide their own bigotry? That is something you do have to pull into question when people say Hollywood has gone too woke. But let's say they are being real about it. Let's say that they think talking about these political topics and these political trends in modern day and bringing them into cinema does ruin storytelling. Let's look at how it can, right? So, For example, the first thing that does come to mind is that movies nowadays can't be nominated for an Academy Award unless they meet certain quotas on how many people of color there are or how many trans actors and so forth, right? They have to meet certain percentages in order to classify to win an Academy Award. Now, is that a good thing? Because when we look at the Academy Awards, when we look at Oscars, we think, okay, the six films nominated for Best Picture were the six best films of the year. But we forget that, oh no, they had to meet certain quotas. 
So are they really choosing the best stories? Or are they just picking the movies that push the best narrative? You see how it can get a bit convoluted, and that's why there is some validity to saying that Hollywood has gone too woke, because I, for one, would like to see the best movie of the year win Best Picture at the Oscars. I don't want a movie to be winning an Oscar that's not actually deserving just because it met certain quotas. I think that can get a bit harmful, that can get a bit damaging. Now, I understand why the Academy did this, because... You know, they would have looked at the film industry and gone, oh, hang on, it's disproportionately white or disproportionately male. Now, that is something we need to fix, but having quotas actually make it disproportionately the other way, if that makes sense. Because let's look at, say you have to have a certain amount of trans people. Now, I don't know what the percentage is, but I seriously doubt the percentage of trans people on a film that you have to have would meet the percentage of trans people in the world. You know what I mean? Like, The percentage of people in the world that are trans is like less than 1%. But if they were to make the quota less than 1% for the film industry, it would look bad on the quota. So I know that they would make it, say, 3 to 5% or something. So it would then be disproportionately the other way. Now, that's not something I want either. I want it all proportionate because that's what equality is, right? Now, on top of this, if you were to look at the best movies... Maybe the best movie didn't meet all the quotas. Does that mean it's not a good movie? Shouldn't it be nominated for an Academy Award either way? Because if you have to meet these quotas, that can damage storytelling because it means that when someone goes and makes a movie about a bunch of Vikings, maybe in like the 15th century or whenever Vikings were around, 14th century, and then they have like black Vikings, well, that's not real. You know what I mean? Like that's not the truth of the story. Maybe it's something cool to race swap, I understand. But like, that's not reality. So if you were to make a movie about Vikings, unfortunately, you're not going to have many Asians in that film. And maybe that won't make the quota, but you're telling the truth here. You know, it's the same thing as if you were to make a movie about the Black Panthers movement in America back in the 90s, I believe it was. Maybe it was the 80s. You would have the Black Panther movement. So black rights activism. I would want 90% of the cast in that movie to be black Americans because that's what the movie's about. I wouldn't want to see, you know, them putting in Asians and white people and trans people just for the sake of meeting these quotas. Like if I watch a movie, I want it to be as real as possible. Even though the story might be fictional, the characters never existed, whatever, they're telling a fictional story, it needs to be grounded in some sort of reality. Otherwise, the movie just isn't relatable and that's what makes a movie good is if people can watch a movie, see that it's relatable, and see that it's reflecting society in an honest and truthful way. To me, that's what art is about. And if you have to go meeting quotas, that can really damage cinema as a whole, in my opinion. However, you know, like it's just, it's just food for thought. Like, you have to think, oh, maybe quotas are good. Maybe it does help, Jesse. You know, don't get too down on quotas. I understand. But when it comes to cinema, when it comes to all art in general, I do think it has to come from a place of truth. And when you're purposely meeting quotas, that's not truthful anyway. It's like a black person doesn't want to be cast in a movie just because they're black and they have to meet a quota. You know, I think that can be a bit damaging for the people in the industry and for movies as a whole. But, you know, that's just food for thought. And on the idea of gender as well, you know, I don't even find that modern cinema even promotes empowering women. You know, so when you look at, 
them making movies really woke and going for these gender ideas and whatever, like when you watch She-Hulk, for example. In my opinion, what they're trying to do is empower women, right? And that's a really good thing and that's something cinema should do and all art should do. However, I do find that when they do promote women's empowerment, it's not actually empowering them because it tells these stories of women having to change men in order for their lives to improve. You know what I mean? Like they have to focus all on men and they have to say these men need to change and accept us for who we really are so we can succeed. And to me, that's not empowering women. You know, I would say like to make a movie about empowering a woman would be to show a female character actually challenge themselves and work and struggle to succeed in a world that was built against them. Like a Rocky story. We all think Rocky Balboa is this powerful story because the world was built against him. He was not meant to succeed. You know, the patriarchy wasn't for him. The system wasn't for him, but he worked and worked and worked and succeeded. That's what makes a character powerful. And I find a lot of times in modern cinema, when they tell these quote-unquote woke uh, female stories, it's not actually empowering women at all, and it's giving them the wrong message. Because when you look at someone like Serena Williams... She's such a powerful person because she was born in a world and country where the odds were stacked against her. But she struggled and worked until she beat the exact people the system was built for. That's a powerful story. And I do think in this argument that Hollywood has gone too woke, it does make sense when they talk about women empowerment because they're just not empowering stories. Like if I was a woman and I watched a movie about a girl who, you know, was being picked on and bullied and and couldn't get a promotion in the workplace or something. And then she just cried and was like, these men need to change. And then the men change and then she gets promotion. Like, I wouldn't feel empowered by that at all. And I don't want to speak for women here, of course. Like, I don't want to be, you know, like seeming like I'm against women's empowerment. I am all for women's empowerment. You know, I'm all for that, especially when it comes to art. We need to reflect these types of stories, but let's actually make it, Empowerment. Like, let's actually make these characters powerful. Like, they have to struggle for something. Otherwise, where's the power in that, you know? And so, I understand that. And there are insufficiencies with men that need to change. But putting all the attention on that and emphasis on men changing doesn't really empower women at all. And that is a topic under, you know, this whole Hollywood is too woke thing that I do think holds some validity. And finally, with the woke reason, I would say that it does make movies feel a little preachy. And that definitely damages cinema as a whole because back in the day, movies used to be like a mirror to society. You know, when you look at something like Taxi Driver, it's holding a mirror up to all those faceless people in the world who are lonely and struggling and don't have much going for them. And it tells an honest and real story. While the character is fictional and the people he meets are fictional and the plot is fictional, we can all see the reality in that. And it makes movies true. And that's what makes cinema great. You know, The Godfather, fictional story. The Corleone family didn't run New York in the mafia, but there is truth to it. Like, we don't watch that movie and go, oh, no, that's so fictional, that's so fake. Like, no way. That's a real story. And it held a real mirror up to society in New York at the time. Whereas now... It doesn't feel like they're telling the truth. It feels like they're just preaching a political agenda or message to the audience. And that's not what art is about. Art is meant to be up for interpretation. 
and they're not making it up for interpretation. They're treating the audience as if they're too dumb to interpret anything, so we're just going to give you a message. That's how it comes across. I'm not saying that's how it is. I'm not going at modern cinema. I love modern cinema. I want to be a filmmaker working in modern cinema. But that's how it comes across. You know, they deliver these stories almost in like this rude way, as if they're saying that this is why you're all terrible. And you don't realize it, but us beautiful, wealthy people working in Hollywood are going to explain to you in simple terms how bad you are and why you need to change your life and fix the world because you're damaging it. That's how it comes across. You know, like these people working in Hollywood between the ages of 25 and 35 who are extremely beautiful, extremely wealthy, had great education growing up, came from maybe parents who worked in Hollywood or were successful in their own right. You know, they were privileged enough to get an education and to see the world in this clear way. And they're now going to tell the average person why they're so bad. It's like, come on, you can't preach like that. Like you have to empathize and that's meant to be the purpose of art. And these movies don't come across as empathetic in any way, you know, like I watched uh, Don't Worry Darling by Olivia Wilde. And I think the reason why there was such a disconnect with that film and why the audience really didn't resonate with it for the most part was because it just felt preachy and rude. Like I know she talked about the movie was meant to be going at, you know, the whole incel movement. But when you look into the incel movement and you see that 70% of the people in this quote unquote black pill incel movement are autistic or have some form of physical or mental disability, over 70%, there's a reason why they think that, you know, no women like them and they think that, you know, women are bad and they live in this lonely world because they do. Like, these people need to be empathized with. Like, they have a hard, hard life. You know, not many girls are going to be attracted to, say, someone with only one arm or someone who has a mental disability where they can't educate themselves properly. Like, You can't go at them and be rude to them. And that's how the cinema, that's how movies come across nowadays. And I don't think that's a good thing. And I think that does damage cinema in a little bit. You know, like if you were some middle-aged truck driver who just worked an 18-hour shift to support your wife and children, the last thing you want to see or be told in a story is how bad you are and how you ruin society when these people are just, you know, rich, attractive 30-year-olds preaching to you. Movies shouldn't be preachy, they should be a mirror to society, and I think that's why the whole woke movement in Hollywood may be damaging cinema. That's a reason I can accept. However, there are some times where you see a movie and it's like, oh my god, there was like two black guys in the film, uh, Hollywood's gone so woke. Or like, oh my god, they didn't even let this person, you know, say this about a woman, you can't make these types of jokes anymore about rape, and it's like, yeah, good thing you can't make those jokes anymore. You know, I'm against those. So I think like sometimes when people say Hollywood has gone too woke and that damaged cinema, there is a little bigotry in that. But sometimes they actually do mean it. And when I think they say it for the right reasons, I do think they hold a point there. I do think there is some validity in that argument. Now, moving on to the second reason is that writers are worse. Now, this is the reason I would put more stock in as to why modern cinema sucks today. Because as someone who writes myself and studies writers and a lot of writing and reads a lot of scripts, I can definitely see a drop in quality. However, I don't actually think it's the writer's fault. I think it's just the way society has moved and the world we live in now. 
You know, writers used to live these extreme lives and go through things, whether it was, you know, a writer in the 70s and 80s who fought in Vietnam or a screenwriter was born into extreme poverty or they were a refugee from Poland who moved to New York and then their friends got into the mafia. Like, they had these crazy stories and lives. And by the time they sat down to write at, let's say, 25, 30 years old, they had so much experience to draw from. And to tell these raw, truthful stories, they came from, you know, the real world. Like, they really struggled, and they see the world for how it is, and they can reflect society properly. And that's what makes those scripts, I keep coming back to Taxi Driver, but that's one of the best scripts ever written. And the reason why is because the man who wrote that had lived a life. He had seen those people in New York. He had seen those faceless, lonely, isolated people struggle. So he was able to write from a real, true place. Whereas nowadays, I think life has just become easier, and so many writers in Hollywood were either born into the industry because their parents uh, worked in Hollywood or knew this producer or did whatever, or they go and get this four-year college degree, then write Hollywood films straight out of college. So we no longer get those movies like Taxi Driver because writers haven't lived in those conditions. We get movies now about how everyone should just accept me for who I am because I'm great and you all need to accept me because why should I struggle or fight for anything? It's all the patriarchy's fault. And that's just because these writers never had to struggle or fight in their own life. And they never knew anyone who had to struggle or fight in their own life because they grew up in this privileged society. And I think if you were to look at many writers of these Hollywood films nowadays, you can trace them back to having an uncle or a dad or a mum working in the industry, or they went to this great college, and most people can't go to college unless they get a scholarship, and it's hard to get a scholarship to college. This is in America, I'm saying, because college is so expensive. So these people that went and got college degrees, they came from a place of wealth anyways. So they didn't have to see society in any sort of truth or raw way. So then when they go and make these movies about how everyone should just accept me and you shouldn't have to struggle, that's not relating with people. Because what are people going to see in that? Like they're not watching a movie and going, oh, that's my life or, oh, I understand that point of view. Because they're just watching it going, you know, what reality were they living in? And on top of that, maybe they're a young person and they see these movies and they get the complete wrong message. They're now going to go out into the world and be like, oh, the world should just accept me for who I am. And I shouldn't struggle, you know, as a 22-year-old woman, I should become CEO because I'm me. Why can't they accept me for me? And it's like, well, no, we all have to fight and struggle. That's the point of life. You have to work for things. And you don't come out of college straight away knowing everything. You know, like myself, I'm talking about movies right now. I'm sure my opinions in 10 years will completely change. And I'll look back on this and go, oh, I was an idiot back then. I knew nothing, but I thought I knew everything. But that's because I'm willing to struggle and work and work things out in my head. But if the world just accepted me for who I am, I'm not going to grow and my opinions aren't going to change and I'm not going to be able to express them in films the right way. So I do think it's both harmful to the youth to purport this message of the world just needs to accept you for who you are, you're awesome, And I do also think it makes movies just less relatable and people just aren't going to enjoy cinema as much. And that, of course, 
degrade cinema. So I think the biggest reason why Hollywood movies suck nowadays is purely down to the writing. The writing just isn't as good as it used to be, and that's just because the writers aren't coming from these extreme places. They're not living these extreme lives, and unfortunately, that's less and less people now because the world's quite comfortable. You know, I was sitting in Starbucks this morning, writing up this podcast episode, having a coffee. All these people around me were just all typing on their laptops, having a nice coffee. Like, there's no struggle there. Like, the world just isn't as as extreme as it used to be. There's no world war. People aren't going to be inscripted to go to war. They don't have to fight in Vietnam. You know, there aren't there isn't plagues anymore. So, the world that Shakespeare and and all these people used to live in, the greatest writers we've ever had. The world was just more extreme. They had more things to pull from. And I don't think enough people push themselves in life anymore. I just think the world is a lot easier. And so writers as a whole have gotten worse. And I don't know what's going to fix it. I don't know if they ever will get better. But I do think that argument holds the most weight as to why modern Hollywood movies suck, in my opinion. Now, the last reason, and something a lot of people say, is that there aren't any original stories anymore. You know, so many people say, oh, every movie is just a reboot or it's a book adaptation or it's a superhero movie. And that's basically all we're getting, right? Reboots, book adaptations or superhero films. Now, the reason for that, and I think, yes, it's 100% true. Like, where are the original scripts coming from? But the reason is because there's no more DVDs. So Matt Damon put it perfectly when he was on Hot Ones. He said that, Movies back in the day in the 80s and 90s and early 2000s could come out in the cinema, make a little bit of money, and then they would go to DVD. And they would get a second surge of income and end up breaking even through the DVD sales, which would sell for the rest of time. And so movies used to be able to make more money on the back end, so they weren't as worried about breaking even in its opening weekend or at the cinema because it didn't have to. They knew they would make their money eventually. They would play it out for the long game. Whereas now, DVDs are gone. It goes straight to streaming. Movies aren't going to make money from how many times they're played on Netflix. They need to make money from the cinema. So now, studios aren't going to take those risks with, you know, green lighting an original script because it might not get the viewers at the audience. I would love to live in this ideal world where the audience goes, oh, wow, that movie looks amazing. That trailer looks really good. I don't know what the story's about. I've never heard anything about it. Let's go watch it. I'd love to live in that world. I do live in that world personally, but most people don't. Most people aren't movie buffs. Most people aren't completely into cinema. And when they spend their hard-earned money at the cinema, they want to go to something that they are pretty sure they will like and that they're already a fan of. So that's why studios only greenlight movies that have a guaranteed fan base. So if you write a script, an original script, send it into Warner Brothers, chances are they're going to say, no, sorry, we're going to turn that down because we have this book adaptation we're going to do, or we've got Justice League. That already has a fan base. There are people who like comics. There are people who like that book. So unfortunately, they're not going to make it. And if you don't want to do a book adaptation or a superhero movie, guess what your other option is? Your only other option in today's world is to go, oh, let's just do a Ghostbusters reboot. And instead of having it as four Ghostbuster men, let's make it all women. Or let's make it all uh, Asian people or something. You know, like, that's all they're doing now. Look at Velma. They rebooted Scooby-Doo and didn't put Scooby-Doo in the damn show. 
because all they can do now is just reboots and they try to put a little spin on it, but it doesn't quite work. And that does make movies worse because nothing's ever going to be as good as the reboot. Maybe you make a sequel to something like Top Gun Maverick, which in my opinion was 20 times better than the original Top Gun, but it was still the same people making the movie. But a lot of times now with reboots, it's new people just adopting the idea. And the only reason they're doing it is because they know if they were to write an original script, it's not going to get made. And the only people who can make original scripts and actually get them greenlit by a big studio is like Quentin Tarantino, Jordan Peele, or Christopher Nolan. They're like the only people who studios will back with an original script. Like, ask yourself, right, when was the last time you watched a film, an original script film, the story wasn't a reboot, was based on nothing, that wasn't made by either Martin Scorsese, Quentin Tarantino, Jordan Peele, or Christopher Nolan, you wouldn't have seen one. You wouldn't. In the last... 15 to 20 years, you definitely haven't seen an original script movie at the cinema. You can stream them. I'm saying at the cinema that wasn't Scorsese, Quentin Tarantino, Jordan Peele, or Christopher Nolan. You wouldn't have seen one. I guarantee it. And these people are making the argument, oh, there's no more original scripts, but ask yourself, when was the last time you went to go see an original script film at the cinema? You didn't. And the studios know it. So that's why the studios aren't putting out these original scripts anymore because they're not going to make the money in the cinema. And after that, straight to streaming. So they're not going to break even. They're going to lose money on the project. Why would a director or a writer spend two to five years sometimes on a passion project that is going to make nothing? It's just a bad business investment. And it's sad because... My favorite types of movies are those original scripts. They're a lot more thought-provoking. I think they're a lot more smart, and that's what cinema was based on. But unfortunately, we've moved in a direction where we no longer get those. And like if I was to look at my favorite movies of all time, nearly all of them are original scripts. Nearly all. But they're not going to make them anymore. So that is another reason which I do think is quite valid as to why modern movies do, quote-unquote, suck. Now, will things change? I do think things go in a loop. I do think maybe movies will get better if we can get out of this whole political rut and get back to what art is meant to be about, into holding up a mirror to society. If we can get back some writers who are actually living interesting lives rather than just writers getting into writing movies because their mum and dad did it or their mum and dad produced movies so they go, oh, it's an easy option. If we can get back some interesting writers and we can get past pushing political narratives for the sake of pushing a political narrative and actually just holding a mirror up to society as art is meant to do, then movies will improve. And I think we will do that eventually. I think studios will realize that fans and audiences are getting sick of all this political agenda being pushed and the bad writing. But I do think the lack of original stories, I don't see that changing for a long time. Unless they take it back to when you go on Netflix, you've got to pay $2 to watch a movie, which they're not going to do. I don't know if they're going to come back, which is really sad. But uh, unless they do come back, but the creators just know they're not going to break even on the movie, which is sad. So that is the one reason that I don't see changing anytime soon. But the other two I do think can change and I do remain optimistic about it. But what are your thoughts on this? Do you think that modern cinema actually suck? In my opinion, there are some diamonds in the rough, but on average, I do think that movies just aren't the quality they used to be. 
And that's for the reasons we just discussed above. I hope you guys like this episode. Uh, Leave a review on it. Please like the episode and subscribe to the podcast. Every subscription, every review means the world to me because it helps the podcast grow. So thank you guys for listening and I'll see you all on my next episode.